Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today, and I am joined by Stephanie Bott. Stephanie is an expert on Gen X and their financial decisions. She's a Gen X financial coach, and she's the founder of Social Money Finance. Stephanie specializes in effective money management, and her mission is to help her clients expand their financial knowledge, improve their money habits, and build the life that they love. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I'm so excited. Well, we are just meeting each other for the first time, but I am a big fan and follower of your social media. I think that, especially on LinkedIn, you really talk the talk of what needs to be said for um, Gen Xers. And so I'm really excited to be talking about a topic that's close to my heart because I am a member of Gen X and that's who you specialize in working with. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for those of us that know what Gen X is, this may be a review, but who are we talking to when we talk about Gen X? Absolutely. So you might see some variations in these numbers, but for our purposes, it's those born in 1965 to about 1981. So think about your late 30s, you know, 30, 39, up through their early 50s. Um, but certainly those smack dab right in their 40s, right at 50, that is the quintessential Gen Xer. <laughs> well, we used to be known as the slacker generation, and I don't think we're slackers anymore. I think Gen X is small but mighty. And we're in the heart of our accumulation years where really you can start to compound your financial decisions to work in your favor or, you know, start to have some regrets. So I think it's a perfect time just given where our generation's edges or ages for, um, you know, for important, um, proactive kind of take charge discussions about where your finances are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I always call this time our core working years Ooh, because yeah. you've got like at least 15 to 20 years if you're on the younger side of Gen X of working experience behind you, that professional experience. And then you've got about, I guess, about the same amount of time in front of you, about 20 years if you're kind of going off the traditional, you know, retirement age. But either way that it goes, at this point and at this stage in your life, you have a level of expertise. It's just no question. If you've been working in something, if you've been experiencing life, For the last 20 years, I always tell my clients, you are an expert in something. And so that right there puts you at a different stage than somebody a little younger that's maybe at their coming of age, like in their 20s, 30s. We've been there, done that. That's why I'm so, you know, um, very intentional about giving that light to Gen Xers that we're not millennials. Nothing wrong with millennials. Shout out to them. (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, we're we're not millennials, and we certainly aren't Gen Zs. If anything, we're probably raising Gen, Gen Zs, and, and some of us might even be raising millennials. 
So you, um, you originally had a legal background. You are a JD, but now you are kind of a financial guru. How did you make that transition? Yeah, I love this question. Um, so Melissa, I, I started out in the legal field. You're exactly right. I graduated law school in 2007 and it was everything, all I, all I ever wanted to do. Right. (laughs) And so and I did. And you know, what's interesting in 2009 is when I realized I really hadn't learned about money. I hadn't been taught financial literacy. There's no um, class for that. There's Even no if you class take finance, it's that's corporate right. finance. That's right. And it's not taught in school. You know, that's mm-hmm. another sort of soapbox platform that I have. But, you know, it's not taught at that younger age. And so you're really kind of left to maybe your parents or your community or what you observed in your childhood, you know, leaving it to that to kind of raise you about money. And oftentimes, especially in our generation, that didn't really happen. You know, we learned about money through trial and error. And so right in smack dab of 2009, right in the middle of the 2008 Great Recession, I realized that, you know, I had a job, but I hadn't really learned how to manage my expenses. And so I began teaching myself about money, you know, realizing all the facets and the things that you need to know and how it can really work for you and, and, and for your benefit. And I became so entrenched. So I fell in love with it, to just be quite frank. And it became a new passion of mine. And so I remained in the legal field. I had my own business for a while. And so learning that money knowledge really helped in managing my business expenses as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a business owner, your personal balance sheet is completely intertwined with your, for most of us, your business life. And that's right. And, you know, um, wanting to keep the household and business expenses separately, but certainly if you're starting out, you are going to see them intersect quite a bit. But, Mm -hmm. you know, either way, I just felt like I really need to be on top of this and manage well. And so I remained in the legal field in 2015. I got an opportunity to switch gears and sort of take my legal knowledge and apply it uh, through financial coaching. And I got certified in financial coaching and teaching. And I've been in the field since, so about five and a half years. And I, you know, organically figured out a way to transfer my legal skills to um, teaching and educating and coaching on personal finance. And so it's just been a beautiful experience these last five and a half years. And and I love, love, love what I do. Well, I think your personal story, interestingly, I hadn't shared this with you before, but I grew up always thinking I was going to be an attorney. And it just never, once I started doing the education side of political science and undergrad, it was like, this is, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up because this is not um, energizing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, it was serendipity that led me to the world of financial planning. But I think that perhaps that's something that you and I share um, and and many people in our generation share. We were, um, especially as women, um, when you were growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was like, you've got to achieve, figure out what you're going to be and go do it. That's and it. <laughs> sometimes you can't script your life as an 18 year old for the rest of your life. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what's built into us. So I feel liberated to, well, just fortunate first to have found the work that I'm able to do today because it not only um, supports my family, but it, it, 
brings me joy and it it's filled with purpose as I know your work is. And I feel like, um, you know, many of our peers are probably dealing, struggling with the same, you know, challenges, like how do I have a fulfilling work life that is, and, and keep a personal identity and just explore all that. So we're a testament to, you don't always walk on a straight path. So true, Melissa. I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I mean, and that's the thing is that when you speak with your peers, you can come from two different backgrounds, different experiences, but there's a somewhere that we can totally relate to that experience of you nailed it by saying, you know, there's sort of this script that you follow or that you've been taught to follow, right? That you get the job or you get the education, you get the job. You stay in the job, you retire. And some people have done that, and that's great, you know, but a lot of times, most times, that has not happened. There, there has always been a fork in the road, you know, your path is not always straight. And that is not always what we were sort of prepared to account for. That what if what you've been going after doesn't pan out, right? Or what if you want to do something other than this job that you've held now for 10, 15 years? You know, what if a recession happens? Right. What if you get laid off? What if, you know, there's so many what ifs. And sure, you, you can't predict the future. But if if your background experience was anything like mine, Melissa, you're just taught to follow this narrow road and it does not allow room for anything else to happen. And I know for me, you know, I certainly experienced up and, ups and downs in my life, career, so on. And some of it threw me for a loop. I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, I wasn't prepared. And when I talk to my clients, you know, if they're feeling that, I, I share my personal stories all the time. And I encourage them that, you know, you can pivot, you know, there it's not too late. And there are plenty of things that you can do because your skill and life experience has, has gotten you there. Yeah. And I think that actually be having the vulnerability in a financial um, professional relationship, whether it's a coach, a financial planner, um, having the vulnerability to be comfortable enough to tell the person you're working with how insecure you feel. Because if you're listening to this, we've done other episodes on financial shame. It's especially for those people that were achievers, are achievers, but were taught to achieve and never taught to have a plan B, never taught, you know, always taught that if you weren't at the top of the podium, you, you know, you didn't achieve that goal um, where honestly, that's often, a, um, I don't want to use the word character builder, but a, um, a test of resilience and a, a teaching moment for resilience. And um, so what I hear from people often, especially Gen X is um, I just feel like I should be doing better. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, um, the people that are often asking that are doing okay because they're already tuned into an area that so many of us that don't have financial literacy skills don't know yet, which is like the, the big picture matters. Um, right. But they don't have a way to benchmark or measure themselves. And they see externally what their peers are doing and assume that under the hood, that everything's perfect, which isn't always the case. It just depends. And so um, it's, it's really interesting. I find that dynamic to be especially um, <laughs> there and spot on for, um, people in their thirties and forties. Like, I just feel like I should be doing better. 
Um, I need to have a conversation because I, and, you know, but this conversation with you is really bringing me a lot of anxiety because I just know you're going to tell me how bad I'm doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I hear that all the time. And the first place I always start with my clients is, you know, this is a judgment-free zone, you know, Mm -hmm. start off. And I've been where you are. Like there literally is nothing you can tell me that is going to ruffle my feathers. (laughs) I mean, for one, in my five and a half year career, I have coached many, many, many people from all walks of life, all income levels, um, all around the country. And I'm telling you, people are just, they're not alone, you know, and I tell them that, that their situation is not, you know, just simply totally unique. Now, sure, it feels unique to them because they're going through it. And I acknowledge that for sure. But I let them know that, you know, it may appear that, you know, everyone else around you is doing so wonderfully, especially with the age of social media, people Mm -hmm. share what they want. You know, they share an image to just be honest. And they're not telling you all of their, their quote unquote fails, right? Or all of their losses. They're not sharing that most times. And so you're looking at what you consider a win or what you consider to be something to aspire to that may often make you feel like you're not doing enough, but you haven't seen the behind the scenes and what all they've gone through to achieve what they have, or um, maybe the many, many failures they experienced before that one win that you're seeing that they didn't tell anyone about. So, I mean, it's, it's such a, um, sort of a deceiver, you know, in when you compare, you know, when you compare. And so I just, you know, I, I, I take a very holistic approach to my financial coaching because the money piece really impacts every area of your life. I mean, you can't get away from it. And so there's, um, you know, mental illness that creeps up, I think, for people, feelings of depression and, and things like that. You know, if they're feeling like their money isn't where it needs to be or their life is not as advanced, right, as they imagined back when they were a kid. And I'll yeah, say this it, last, it, it's right in there. The worthlessness exactly is exactly. worth is right in that word, right, right in there. Yeah, I mean, because I know for me, and I, I don't know if you heard this too, Melissa, that failure is not an option. Right, mm-hmm. that was what I was taught, <laughs> and I, on some level, I get that. Right, nobody wants to quote unquote fail, but I have learned so much in my life that for one, failure might be an option. You might actually what we call fail. And we have to remove the stigma from that. We have to remove the absolute fear and devastation because all it is is a lesson. All it is is information that teaches you like, okay, this thing I did, maybe there's a different way now to do it. Or, you know, maybe there now that I I have figured this part out or I've learned this, I can take what I've learned and apply it a new way. I mean, we just have to think about it differently because you know, there's, I'm sure there's a quote out there that says there's no such thing as failure. All of it is just lessons. Um, right. But, but I, yeah. I honestly believe that when you really, really take the shame and the stigma out of it, and you realize literally every single person on this planet has failed at something, you know, you can recover and bounce back, I think, a lot quicker than having it in your mind that if you, you know, quote unquote, failed all of a sudden, everything is just, you know, abysmal, right? Thank you for being so real about having affinity for how you approach things. And we're 
we see the same things in people. And one of my hopes for this podcast is that the people that need to hear first, just hear conversations about money and also understand that their own personal emotions that are related to money are in some ways universal. We just don't hear that because we don't have a healthy way culturally to address money conversations yet. Right. But hopefully we can improve and, you know, take that, take the plunge in your conversations, um, either with your partner, with your friends or with a professional. But I also want to leave people with a couple you know, just pointers. If this is speaking to you, where you might start, you mentioned one of the things, the first thing off the bat is start with where you are. Yes, absolutely. Start with the facts. You know, I say that to my clients all the time. And what that means is when we're talking specifically about money and goals and where you are, I always, always tell my clients, start with the facts. And what that means is start with what income are you making today? What are your expenses today? What are your lifestyle costs? today. And when you, you'd be surprised that sometimes people just don't know that, or they have an assumption of what most times. Yeah. Most times, most yeah. times you're absolutely right. Most times. And you have to start there. You, you have to know what you're working with before you can take any sort of step. And it may sound very foundational or very simple, but honestly, it's because it is, you have to do that first. And it can take some time, especially if that isn't something you're accustomed to to doing. So in a, in a sense, it's knowing your numbers, right? So once you do that, once you know what you're working with in terms of income, know what your lifestyle costs are, your expenses, what does it cost to live your life and do you, then once you know that, then it's determining, are you cash flow positive? Are you cash flow negative? Meaning, do you have money left over after you're paying everything you spend money on? Are you in the red? Or are you breaking even? Those are things you need to know. And for some folks, it can be scary to know that number, but there's no judgment on the number. This is literally information gathering. That's what I tell my clients. Once you've done that, then it's important to specifically write down goals, articulate what you want to achieve in accordance to your highest value. So what does that sound like? That can be something you get really specific. You may say, I want to, you know, save $25,000 so that I can put my child through school, right? Something like that. It can be anything. It can literally be anything. But that's often a goal that I've heard. But it's putting a number to it, putting some some specificity to it. And if your child is five and you want to have that money by the time they're 18, then you say, you know, within 13 years, right? You're putting mm-hmm. some, something down so that you have something to work toward. So those are just, I mean, very on a very um, basic level, what I start with my clients is start with what you need to know in terms of the facts and then specify and articulate your goals based on what is important to you and not so much of what everyone else is doing or how you think you should remove the should, right? Because that just creates a lot of anxiety. But what you think you should be doing, base it on what you really want to do. And then we, we take it from there. It's a whole coaching program that I do with my clients. I love, I love the big goals. I love the retrofitting for you versus, you know, don't put on somebody else's size six dress. Get the, you know, wear your own style. It's the same choices. Um, once you have that conversation, because so most people have never gotten to the point where they even 
feel comfortable talking about their goals because they just feel like they're impossible. And then um, the role of a coach or a financial planner is to provide incremental checkpoints because 25,000 when you're starting from scratch or from negative 25,000 is a, it, it feels very difficult. Yeah. But if you said, okay, in the next 90 days, can you have a thousand dollars set aside in a separate account? And then once we do that, we'll build on the next or have this card paid off. You know, it, it's different for everyone, but, um, I love setting incremental goals to make that bigger goal achievable. So you're not just saying, you know, you're not just constantly like running with all your might up a hill that you never feel like you can and make it to the top. Absolutely. And, and you're so right, Melissa, because I also, you know, tell my clients, like, let's, let's chunk them down, right? Let's break Mm -hmm. goals down into short, medium and long-term goals. So you're absolutely correct. You know, checking in incrementally, um, having those follow-ups, having those, that accountability partner. That's oftentimes what my clients call me is their backup, right? The person they can call, um, even if we're not set to meet and they can, I always, you know, tell my clients they can email me or text or call if they're feeling less motivated, right? Or, or, yep. or, or if a hiccup has happened, they can check in. But that is what it is. I mean, it's having somebody in your corner that's going to help you get to the next get to the goals that you really want to achieve. But, you know, making sure that the client is the one to identify them and articulate them because it's so important that they do it. And then we work as their coach, (laughs) you know, their their cheerleader, their accountability. The accountability partner that doesn't um, reinforce shame or negative, you know, um, and also encourages you at a certain point. You can't do this in the first day. Right. Like over time for you to first have a mentality that it's possible or perhaps an abundance mentality, but eventually I love people getting to, uh, to explore the very challenging concept of contentment. Yeah. So you oh, may so want good. more of something, but something else that's important to everyone else is not as important to you. You don't have to have it. Um, so what defines your happiness or satisfaction? Absolutely. So good. Yes, I totally agree. Totally. Thank you. This, this conversation to me, I, I could talk all day. Cause I think yeah. you know, we're generationally <laughs> we're all different, but we like kind of, um, we, we know the same decades in the same way yeah. from the same perspective. And, and we're hearing some of the similar conversations with, with the people that we work with. How can people follow you, find out more? Where can they find you? We, um, well, you can find me on Instagram with my, um, business name is social money finance. So that is my name on all my um, social media channels. So Instagram, social money finance, my Facebook business page is social money finance. And of course, on LinkedIn, where Melissa and I connect is social money finance. You'll see my name, Stephanie Vaught, and you can follow me there. You can also check out my website, socialmoneyfinance.com. And it will show all of our offerings on what we do. We are a personal finance company dedicated to helping Gen Xers effectively manage their money and build the life they love. Like that is what we do. And it's all, you know, the the money that you make and the life you live, it's connected. And you've got to be satisfied in that realm. So that's what we get into. We offer one-on-one coaching. We also offer group coaching. So those are, you know, some things that we do and you can check out all of the details on our website, socialmoneyfinance.com. 
Perfect. And I know you have a 30 day challenge that you offer for Gen Xers. So we'll make sure to have a link for that in our note show notes too. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. For our listeners, we'll talk to you soon. Thank for you more so information, visit pearlplan.com or our Facebook page, Pearl Planning Wealth.